0: This is a Squiz podcast, where your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Thursday the 21st of October in your Squiz today, getting serious with cyber security, the UN's new climate report, a potential booze shortage, and the Japanese imperial family's women problem. This is your Squiz today. The government is looking to beef up the powers of those in charge of cybersecurity. Claire, in a move that aims to protect critical industries and essential services from cyber criminals and malicious attacks. Before we get into what's being proposed, let's take a look at cyber
1: attacks. They're on the rise. They sure are. What the Australian Cyber Security Centre said just a couple of weeks ago is that there were more than 67,500 reports of cybercrime in the last financial year. That's one report every eight minutes. That's only reports that they're hearing about. Of course, there are plenty that they don't get official reports on. Uh, the Australian Security Intelligence Organisation boss, that's ASIO, uh, Mike Burgess, he yesterday said that Australia's adversaries could also be preparing to sabotage our critical infrastructure uh, by infecting their online systems with malicious code. And that code can sit there for years before an attack is launched. It really is a brave new world.
0: Yeah, it's a whole new world. Critical infrastructure. We're talking businesses and organisations that run our healthcare systems, energy, communications, defence, financial systems, food Water. It's a long list. If we look now at the legislation, if it passes, it would give cybersecurity agencies the power to intervene in cases of major cyber attacks in a similar way that security organizations can currently respond to threats in the physical world.
1: Yeah, what the government says is that when it comes to those things that are essential for our society to function, they need to know when cyber attacks are launched. Uh, They will be requiring those sorts of businesses to report it to officials. They also say that they can uh, deploy their experts to help if that's required. But certainly Karen Andrews, the Home Affairs Minister, says that uh, really it brings the nation's response to cyber threats more in line to how the government. Government deals with threats in the real world. Businesses, though, aren't so thrilled about it.
0: Yeah, big concerns from some big global technology companies over compliance, red tape, and privacy concerns. As you say, it's a whole new world. COP26, the climate summit that's happening in Glasgow that we might have mentioned a couple of times (laughs) before. It's only a week away, Claire, and governments are under a lot of pressure to come to the table with plans to reduce emissions, and a new report from the UN highlights just how much more there is to do.
1: Yeah, it's one of a number of very big reports that have come down this year as those world leaders prepare to go to Glasgow. This report yesterday, it was done by the United Nations Environment Programme. It says that governments are planning to extract fossil fuels uh, up to 2030 at rates that that are incompatible with keeping global temperatures below that 1.5 degree threshold that was agreed in Paris that question about limiting global warming really is at the center uh, of these meetings and the push for governments to try and limit their uh, carbon emissions of course australia really is at the forefront of that issue because a big part of our economy is underpinned by the mining of fossil fuels
0: and for those following along on what Australia's plans will be, Nationals leader Barnaby Joyce has said that he'll deliver his party's response to a net zero emissions climate policy by the end of the week. It's one of the biggest companies in the world, Claire, but Facebook is apparently prepping for a glow up with a rebrand on the cards. We'll know more in a week or so.
1: Yeah, they've got a big conference on the 28th of October, so next week, but what? insiders say is that Facebook is looking to do a rebrand, kind of like Alphabet is the company uh, that has mm. Google as one of its businesses. The idea is that there would be a new corporate brand uh, and the apps like Facebook, Instagram and WhatsApp uh, would be the business names of those businesses that it operates. What it has said in recent days is that it's looking at the development of what's called a metaverse uh, <laughs> and that it's hiring 10,000 workers workers across Europe to try and build out that technology feel
0: like there could be a squiz shortcut in your future on the metaverse (laughs) it's something to do with the virtual world but I'll leave that with you and Kate there are some pundits that say that this new company name could be something to distract from their recent inquiries and scandals but we'll just have to wait and see Back home now and in New South Wales state politics, the ICAC investigation into former New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian continues with its public hearings. Another former Premier, Mike Baird, gave evidence yesterday. He was Premier when Berejiklian was Treasurer and when these decisions on grants for WAGA MP Daryl Maguire were made.
1: Yeah, Baird said yesterday that he was incredulous when he heard the news that his colleague and friend, Gladys Berejiklian, was in a secret relationship with the Wagga MP. He said that, um, as he gave evidence yesterday, uh, that that should have been disclosed because there were conversations uh, and decisions made about those grants, one that is particularly in focus, uh, seemed to be untested when it came to the business case, certainly one of Baird's former staffers Uh, said that it was a grant that shouldn't have been given, given the information that they had, Uh, but it was and it did raise eyebrows in the Premier's office. The
0: hearings continue into next week. Former Premier Gladys Berejiklian will be giving evidence next week. COVID's disrupted a hell of a lot over the last 18 months, and it's a gift that just keeps giving. There could be a booze shortage on the way, Claire, with Endeavour Group, which operates Dan Murphy's and BWS, as well as a couple hundred pubs, a warning that major disruptions to global supply chains are limiting its alcohol supplies.
1: Yeah, isn't that a great situation as we try and head towards summer and Christmas. There's a lot of economic and logistic stresses in the system at the moment. Of course, lots of warnings that we need to get our Christmas shopping done very early because if you're Mm. ordering something online from overseas, it needs as long a lead time as possible. Uh, What Steve Donoghue from Endeavour Drinks said yesterday in an update on the company's trading uh, was that drinks are certainly part of that uh, supply chain jam, Uh, that there are booze brands that come from overseas that are very popular, Uh, think your imported Corona beer, Mm. think French champagne, uh, the list goes on, Uh, that really could be held up in those supply chain issues.
0: There's plenty of good Aussie wine about, so Mm -hmm. maybe another chance to support local. We've had a few big squiz shortcut topics recently, climate change, voluntary assisted dying laws. Every now and then we like to delve into something a little different. And this week, Claire, you and Kate take a look at the imperial royal family in Japan. That's because the emperor's niece is set to get married this week, which means she's out of the royal family.
1: Yeah, Princess Mako is her name. There's been a lot of tabloid attention in Japan on her uh, engagement and what that all meant and it's come to a crunch with her leaving the family after a long engagement and lots of questions about the suitability of her fiancé. So there's that kind of royal goss if you (laughs) want to get into it in the shortcut but also a lot of very structural things with the Japanese imperial family. Essentially they're running out of male heirs uh, and it's only men who can inherit the emperorship. So yeah, it's a really big issue for them. It's something that's front and centre of the Prime Minister's plans and looking at what can be done. Uh, So we looked into all of that.
0: Yeah fascinating to see if the country will change its approach to women in the royal family as they do seem to be running out of male heirs. That wedding for Princess Mako will happen next week. They've been called the Japanese version of Harry and Meghan if that tickles your (laughs) royal interest as well. Search for Squiz Shortcuts in your podcasting app and I'll put a link in your episode
1: notes as well.
0: Squiz the day, Claire. What are you keeping an eye on today?
1: It's got to be International Nacho Day, surely. That's got to be the thing that we take (laughs) out of the list. I haven't had nachos for so long. Gee, they're good. Yeah, me
0: neither. Must be because I haven't been able to get to a pub Mm. to have good feed of nachos with a beer. Good idea for dinner tonight, thank you. Uh, For me, it's the end of lockdown for Melbourne, fingers crossed. So you guys have done the hard yards. Enjoy those freedoms that are on the way for you. As always, more details in the Squiz Today newsletter. Head to thesquiz.com.au to check that out and sign up if you're not already signed up. Have a good Thursday. We'll be back with you tomorrow.
1: This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super.